0: kind of stop what I was doing and use my skills and talents in a way that would make big impacts for the future generations of scientists.
2: Hey folks, I'm Karima aka The Blur Girl and welcome back to The Blur Girl Podcast. Now I know I talk a lot about comics and Anime and fantasy and stuff here. But today I'm talking science. Now, my guest this episode is Raven Baxter, aka Raven the Science Maven. She's an American science communicator and doctoral student completing a PhD in science education. Now, I first heard about Raven when she dropped a single actually called Big Old Geeks, sort of a parody to Meg Thee Stallion's Big Old Freaks last summer. Since then, she's created more videos, including Wipe It Down, a parody about the coronavirus, done a TED Talk, and was on Fortune Magazine's 40 Under 40 list. I can't wait to share with you this amazing conversation I had with this amazing woman, but first, we gotta pay some bills. Did you run a hosted website on WordPress, or is your site really slow? Have you gotten hacked in the past and you just didn't know what to do? Well, if so, you need SiteGround. Now, I am a SiteGround affiliate. I'm also a customer. In fact, I switched the blurgirl.com over to them and never looked back. In fact, I've put other people onto them for two reasons, for liability and customer service. You can try it yourself at siteground.com slash go slash theblurgirl. That's siteground.com slash go slash theblurgirl. Now, unlike some other hosting sites that have a really great affiliate program and seem to be really popular, many of them don't have customer service. SiteGround has great customer service. They don't talk to you like an idiot. If you can't find something that'll help you work through it, they have a really easy control panel. And SiteGround is really the truth. You can start hosting your site today for as low as $3.95 a month. You can run a store, a blog, anything really. And they can even move your whole existing site over for you from another hosting service. And you don't have to worry about a bunch of code and stuff. So if you've been blogging or running a website for while now, it's time to take your site and its security seriously and move up to SiteGround. Sign up today at SiteGround.com slash go slash The Blur Girl. Hey folks, don't forget to comment and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That really helps my numbers. And if you love what you heard, please screenshot this episode and tag me in an Instagram story post. Now, my guest this episode is Raven Baxter, aka Raven the Science Maven. We talked about how lonely it is being in corporate science, how she stopped code switching and got real in the lab, and why she's dedicated to teaching a creative approach to science so that kids actually enjoy it. So up next, my interview with Raven Baxter, aka Raven the Science Maven. Raven, welcome. It's nice to like talk to you again, and you blow it up.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what they say, you
2: know, I'm just out here doing my thing. But I mean, and you are still a full-time employee working as a scientist too, as well. So um, and happy world science day. It's so nice to be able to say that knowing that we're going to have a new president that cares about science.
0: Yeah. It makes me feel really good. You know, knowing, I mean, I was watching the uh, president-elect Biden's speech and just to see how much appreciation he has for science was incredibly refreshing. You know, him making full sentences was music to my ears. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: (laughs) never thought that, never thought that phonics and actually a properly worded sentence would sound like music to our ears, but here we are. So for everybody who doesn't know your full title, what is your official, like, scientific title what do you do and what branch of science are you currently in
0: sure so i am a molecular biologist and i am also now working as a full-time science communicator and what molecular biology is is the study of molecules and how they generate our life processes and like um, as you know We are made up of molecules and they all do very special things in our bodies and so that's what I'm interested in learning about. Um, And then as a science communicator I basically engage the public in science and make concepts in science fun and interesting and relatable for people who are under the sound of my voice and I I try to extend that reach to especially communities that are left out of mainstream science education efforts.
2: And When you grew up, when you were growing up, did, you know, you wanted to be a molecular biologist? I said that wrong. Molecular biologist. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. I knew what molecules
0: were, but I didn't know how cool they were until I maybe got into college. I definitely always knew I wanted to be a scientist. And really what science has always been to me is just asking questions about the world around you and being curious. And Mm -hmm. so the different branches of science are really just asking different kinds of questions about the world around you and things that you can see and things that you can't see and um, using tools around you to answer those questions. So um, yeah, science, i ride or die, science is my whole
2: life. For those of us who are in a pandemic and lockdown, you've been like giving TED Talks, you got married, congratulations, you've, got, <laughs> you've been busy. Your TED Talk, you talked about wanting to be an astronaut as a little Mm -hmm. girl. What changed? Why not astrophysics? I personally think that when you work in the space industry, there's, there's so
0: many things that you can do. First of all, there's, you can be a physicist and work on theories on how the world operates and how the universe and space and time operate, or you could be a geologist and look at how like the terrain on different planets are formed and what they're made of but I think that the most exciting part of working in the space industry is actually going to space right and like being an astronaut and making that trip to wherever and having that very extremely rare experience so I went to space camp when I was around 12 or 13 and what space camp is is a basically a sleepaway camp where you spend a week at the US Space and Rocket Center and they train you on basically skills that astronauts need to learn to get to space and to run a successful space mission. So um, with that being said, once I got into the simulations that were putting us high in the air and like simulating like, high altitude space travel I quickly realized I did not want to be an astronaut um because I'm afraid of heights so I actually found out I was that could be that could be
2: problematic yeah (laughs) yeah and like once I
0: figured out like I can't do the most fun part about working in the space industry I'm like all right well let me just figure something else out because it's just not gonna work
2: that's too funny. You were like, so yeah, I regret this decision <laughs> as they're shaking you around the simulator. You said you always wanted to be a scientist, which is great. And it's wonderful that your parents like encouraged that. When did you feel like you might be alone or one of the few people that was interested in that? Like, did you go through that in high school where people were like, Ooh, science geek, like what, or was it college? that you realize like, I I don't really know that many people who want to do what I do.
0: Honestly, I've grown up in the, the suburbs and the white suburbs specifically of New York State. And, you know, like I didn't, I never had any negative experiences with science there. I, you know, I recognized that I was a racial minority and I just assumed that like being the racial minority is just always finding that you're the only person in the room. Fortunately, I didn't have any bad experiences until um I got into corporate, you know, and that's mm-hmm. when that really became a factor in how I saw the world around me um as far as my treatment goes. But as far as science goes, it wasn't until college when I would talk to my friends, you know, and they would be like, "Oh, what's your major?" and I'm like, "Biology." And they said, biology, like, you really, and I'm like, yeah, why, like, why is that weird? And they're like, oh, I didn't know that we was out here doing biology. I'm like, it's a major at the school. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we be in the major program? They're like, I just didn't know, you know, black people were interested in science. And this is other black people this. So that was the first time I realized that what I was doing was not common.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I went through something similar. I grew up in a, um, a suburb in New Jersey and again, one of the few black people definitely in my school all, all the way through. So I was saying I didn't know I was weird, like for like in comics and geekdom and like, you know, animation and sciencey stuff until I was in college because I was so busy being the only black girl. Right. When I think corporate, I don't think science. So help me out and for lay people who are listening, what is a corporate science job? So corporate science is different
0: from like academic science jobs in that academic scientists work for universities and colleges and they, they're conducting research usually on a grant mm-hmm. and that money goes to the school um, and they just work at the university versus a corporate scientist works for a for-profit organization and keyword for profit. Okay. Mm -hmm. That means that we are working to make money for a corporation where, um, you know, depending on the type of company you're working for, you can be doing projects for bigger pharmaceutical companies like Johnson and Johnson or Pfizer or Bayer. Um, or you could just be your own biotech in a, like your single biotech company that's making its own, um, discoveries in X, Y, and Z. So I was working at a contract research organization, which is a, for, a for-profit research facility that conducts um, contract work for larger biotech companies.
2: So you said you were treated differently in corporate. I think we all have had that type of experience, but what is it like in the lab? Working in the lab? Or being treated differently in the lab?
0: I guess maybe I should preface this by explaining the nature of the work that I was doing, you know, mm-hmm.
2: so I don't think
0: scientists really explain what lab work looks like. It's never really quick, like at least the work that I was doing.
2: It's not like on CSI. It's not with the pretty lab and they the results come back like, you know, in 20 minutes. They don't have. Yeah. No,
0: it's not like that. <laughs> like oftentimes you're sitting around, you're waiting for um, things to happen. And there's a lot of downtime kind of for chit chat. You know, you're still watching your experiments, you're running data, um, generating reports, but like, you know, there there is a lot of opportunity to, to speak to coworkers, et cetera. And like, I often kind of found that I didn't have, I wasn't included. Like the company culture was not very inclusive of me um, but like they definitely, you know, were inclusive of each other, right? Like I felt like the only times that I really got, was spoken to were times where I changed my hairstyle. Like I didn't have dreadlocks. Then mm-hmm. I had a different, I had an afro. Sometimes I would straighten it, Then people would be like, Ooh, let's talk to Raven or like, I don't know. I'd wear a cute outfit and people would want to talk to me and I'm like, is anybody going to ask me like... my day's going you know (laughs) or like ask me to lunch or anything that's Mm -hmm. other than what
2: is super superficial about me did you see you saw other people doing that you saw other people like clicks and things like that. oh yeah
0: you know people like were really deep into each other's lives like you know they knew each other's kids their kids were playing together you Mm -hmm. know they were like going inviting each other out to like after work beers and stuff and baby showers and all of these things and I would just be like never. (laughs) It almost got to the point where like I knew that if people were talking about like there's like a super fun thing happening I just automatically knew that I wasn't going to be invited and I never was like you know it was just it was just that kind of thing
2: for for your tenure at that particular company were you always the only black woman or the black only black person period as a scientist yeah oh so there was like janitors and mm-hmm. and things like that yeah I've been there and that sounds lonely
0: yeah I mean it especially was for me because I'm super social and like I love having conversations. I love doing fun things. I'm actually a big extrovert. And like, so me having to walk into a situation every day where I really, there's no place for me. Right. And nobody's really interested. I'm, it was kind of like unnerving. Like I had so much to offer and no, I just felt invisible for real. Like it just, it did feel lonely.
2: Wow. Now, was it there that you decided that you wanted to teach? Did you make the decision then? Like, you know what? let me get out and get, let me teach the next generation so they won't be by themselves. Is, is that where that decision got made? Um,
0: Kind of, yeah. You know, like I, throughout my professional career, whether I was working in corporate or working as, you know, working as a professor at a community college, I always saw the need for me to kind of stop what I was doing and use my skills and talents in a way that would make big impacts for the future generations of scientists. And um, that's kind of like a part of the reason why I turned around and went into science education for my PhD, but also ultimately why I decided to start working full time, like kind of for myself, but really for the community as a science communicator and bridging these gaps that I see
2: in the science community. Do you feel since you at least came from that corporate job, that things have changed a little bit, that we there have been, things have gotten a little bit more inclusive? I really can't speak to it because I've kind of
0: been marching to the beat of my own drum since then. Like, (laughs) um, I'm hearing about efforts that people are making to make their workplace more inclusive, but I don't work in those workplaces. And, you know, if I don't have firsthand experience, then it's all talk to me, you know, I wanna see something. Uh,
2: so absolutely I, I, no I really absolutely
0: couldn't I couldn't even tell you I'm hoping though that there there are actual
2: tangible improvements When did you decide uh to actually become faculty because I know that was like one of the steps towards what are you what you're doing now What mm-hmm. was that experience like and what uh, were you teaching biology at that point
0: yeah, so I actually left my corporate position to become a an assistant professor of biology at um, a community college. And I made that decision because I felt like working in corporate would be safer or not corporate, working in a college would be a little safer for me, especially the nature of the college. Um, their student population was very diverse. And I just kind of felt like it will be more fun to work with diversity, right? So that's ultimately what happened.
2: But I heard, uh, and this might have been in your TED talk, or I might have heard it someplace else. There was like a a, a mailroom incident. Was that at that school? <laughs> Tell everybody what that was about, because that blew my mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, long story short, I was trying to get my mail, and um, one of the faculty members. Didn't think I worked there and asked for my ID. She thought it was fake and then threatened to call the cops on me, even though like there was absolutely no reason to do that. And call the cops!
2: Call the cops on you inside your place of work. Hmm? You see, Karens are everywhere, man.
0: Yeah, and her reason was that she didn't think that I looked like I worked there, um, so therefore you know I had to be lying, mm-hmm. even though I had identification. Like. That literally listed my job title of the department and like, you know, so that yeah, that happened.
2: Do they have people breaking in to teach classes at the school on a regular basis?
0: Like <laughs> they would be lucky.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Um, when that was cleared up, did you ever get an apology? No. Oh girl. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of people think, oh, that was years and years and years ago. This was recent, right? Wasn't this like in the within it was the past like three years ago? Yeah, yeah. see what yeah. I'm saying? Within the past five years. So don't think things are changing, but they have not changed completely. Um, no, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. What, but on the brighter side of teaching, uh, what what did you like about teaching science? What what was what's it, what excites you about the teaching process?
0: I think that a part of what needs to change about science culture and the way that we teach science is just allowing for more individuality and creativity. And so I worked really hard to incorporate elements of that into my lectures and my assignments and my assessments. So one of the biggest ways I did that was through my tests and exams. So I will Mm. couple all of my Exams with a creative assignment, and that way students can kind of exercise their creativity any way they want to to um, convey a convey a particular subject of their choice that we covered in class. And the products could look like anything from like a game or a puzzle or like a skit, a play, a painting, an animation. I've had so many things come from this assignment. And it helps bring the our community of students together, like closer together because it's, I assigned this in a group project and mm-hmm. they end up doing really well. Um, and it also helps to bring down test anxiety because the students know like, I, you know, it's, everything's not writing on this one multiple choice exam. Like I'm gonna have yeah. the opportunity to really show professor that I know my stuff, you know, and I can take my time with it. And um, yeah, I had, I've had i had really great outcomes with that. And um looking forward to continuing to do that. I'm looking, I'm actually looking for a faculty position now. So hopefully I'll be able to
2: continue that. What age group were you teaching then? And what age group are you looking to teach?
0: I was teaching college students um, and I'm still looking
2: to teach college students. Um, I find it interesting that people, even cause level, have that anxiety when their major <laughs> might be science, you know what I mean? But I mean yeah. I guess there's anxiety around all all uh testing. So tell me how your music video, Big Old Geeks, came about. Big old geeks came from um
0: my desire to put out positive messages to the science community, especially to women who look like me and just kind of give them an instruction manual for like the kind of energy that we're gonna start bringing into the space. And um, and that came about because after I left corporate for several months after I was really ashamed and embarrassed because so many black people were like rooting for me and I was, you know, really the only black scientist they had ever heard of or even seen or met. And so for me to tell everybody that I was leaving, um, even though it was because I felt like I was being mistreated, you know, people didn't understand the the extent of the trauma that I was enduring in that position. And um, they just wanted to, they just wanted to see black women winning, right? Yeah. Without really understanding, like we are really being harmed in these places that don't have um, proper like diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives in place and like action plans. So I left and then after I left, even though I was leaving with the intention of, you know, doing good for the community and bringing people in behind me, while improving the culture I was still kind of ashamed because I was definitely like another Black woman who left STEM and I had to take a few months to reflect on that you know it's kind of a big decision because mind you like I had gotten undergrad and graduate degrees (laughs) with the intention of like being a career like corporate scientist and I had totally changed my plan so I was like kind of in limbo and trying to figure out what do I do now? You know, the plans have changed and I cannot believe that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, but that only lasted for like six months. And then like by month six, I was like, this actually isn't my fault <laughs> because it wasn't my responsibility to stay and fix and fix what they you know, should have had there in the first place. And like, I'm just one person in this corporate machine and if this machine, you know, is not supportive of women like me, there's, you know, I
2: can't, I can't fix that. Like. But I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad you said that because I think so many of us in many different disciplines, black women, and this is the other reason I think black women have the highest rates of like stress-related illnesses and, you know, and fibroids and cancer and things like that. And hypertension, because when we do get into these spaces, and and it is Highlander syndrome, what I call Highlander syndrome. There can be only one. When I was working more in, in video and advertising, I wanted to leave so many times, and there was always a black person saying, "There, you can't leave. You're the only one. We need you." And I'm like, "But what about me?" And then when yeah. I had, and then when I had a stroke, I was like, "You know what? I'm not. That one is not supposed to be me." But unfortunately, or fortunately, I think a lot more people are speaking out about this because it doesn't make sense for me to be the only one allowed in and then you beat the crap out of me and I'm supposed to take a trophy for that. I'm supposed to stick it out and say, "Yeah, but I'm the only one." I, you know what I mean? Like it is it is frustrating and it's also scary and it is so very unhealthy that we don't have the support in these places and I personally don't think it is a badge of honor anymore to be like in 2020, the first black fill in the blank because it means like, oh, they're going through it. Like, I am so excited for Kamala Harris. I'm also terrified. Look at how old most of these presidents and vice presidents look when they leave office. Baby girl is going to need help by the time she gets out, you know what I mean? Like, I hope she has the support system of the gods. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So music, when you decided I'm going to make this and I'm going to unleash this creativity, were you always into music? And then you just decided I'm going to put my science to it.
0: Basically. Yeah, that's it. Like I started journaling kind of my thoughts about how I was feeling. And once I realized that it, it was them, not me. And then I got like you know my big petty energy on and I'm like (laughs) oh wow you know they really messed up (laughs) um that's where big old geeks came from um but as far as my entire music like I've always been into music and I guess having all that time to sit and reflect on what my professional experiences had been gave me some time to do deep introspection and like out out of the pits of my spirit, like like, oh yeah, like I do love music. And then like, I do love science. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm mashing them together and unapologetically because I had lived, you know, basically years of my life in this corporate space, trying to cater to what I thought other people would accept from me. And I was, not having it anymore. I was yeah. like, ah, I'm just gonna do this my way, and y'all just got to deal with it.
2: I'm glad I did it. I mean, and so are a lot of other people. It blew up, and on top of that, you've sort of got national recognition. So, what has been the most mind-blowing experience that has come from that video? Because I know you've done others since then. Uh, from big old geeks. Um, yeah.
0: well, I will say that I'm studying. I'm actually studying the response to that video as my doctoral dissertation. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm interviewing women, um, Black women who watched the video, and I'm understanding what their reactions were to that type of representation because it really was the first time on the internet that a Black woman had shown <laughs> shown her science in that way. I mean, like, do we do not have twerking videos like (laughs) black women on the internet (laughs) doing science like that did not exist until I put that video out which is why it got so much attention um but the responses were uh, amazing um just to talk a little bit about my study I interviewed 50 black women and 80 percent of them had never seen a black woman scientist period Mm. um not on tv not on social media, not in person. Um, they didn't
2: even. They didn't even have a black
0: physician. Like they didn't have a no. Wow. And um, half of these, half of all of these women, either had STEM careers, or had careers outside of STEM. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most important parts of my research was that eighty percent, again, of the women who saw my music video but did not have stem careers said that they would have pursued a stem career if they had that type of representation when they were younger.
2: Yeah. I believe it. I know you said you're using it sort of for your dissertation. Are you going to be trying to prove why the types of education and science need to change? Is that is that the um the goal? Kind of. There's that's that's a distant goal of it. I mean, I think the
0: immediate goal is to really show that the way that we're studying underrepresentation it needs to be rethought because many of the studies that are done, you know, about black women's experiences in STEM and understanding why we have underrepresentation, they're really only asking black women who are in STEM professions, right? And like not necessarily people who left STEM, not necessarily people who never had. A STEM career, like we need to understand why people are not picking STEM in the first place, to answer why we're underrepresented in STEM, and also people who've left STEM careers. So I want to highlight, like, there's there are things to learn about um, underrepresentation in STEM from adult Black women who never chose STEM careers. It's like we have to hear their stories because we need to understand where we're missing the mark in in
2: garnering interest from from this population. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because so much of what you're saying does not sound like it's a lack of interest. It sounds literally like it's environment. Even people who get the concept of Black women in science, it's like, yeah, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna be the only one. Now, let's talk about some of these accolades a little bit. Now, first of all, you've released some more songs, (laughs) some more Mm -hmm. tracks. Your COVID track had me hollering by the way, because it was like, just wash your hands. Um, But it was a pop. I liked it. And then you have another one out where you actually highlight um, women scientists. Where did you find the women that were in that one?
0: Um, Those are just women that I I knew were following me on social media. I put out a call on social media, like if you are a woman scientist, come through. Um, And yeah, it made for a really cool
2: video. I'm glad we did it. Now fortune called fortune has uh 40 under 40. I remember being on Twitter when you said, Oh my God, I got a blue check mark. And I'm like, well, duh, you're in fortune. <laughs> so what was it like first when fortune called and then second, getting that blue check?
0: You know, it's weird because like, I never really saw myself as somebody who was doing big things, you know? And like, I, knew what fortune magazine was everybody knows what the fortune 500 is right Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. and
0: so when i was contacted by them for this 40 under 40 list i was like "Mm,
2: i think you have the wrong email address like i'm not sure raven i don't think they screw that up very often
0: (laughs) i mean it was just unreal um and then once we got on the phone and they to hear how excited they were about the work that I was doing. I said, oh, wow, this is, I must've really done something here. You know, (laughs) okay, let's do this. And they don't tell you that you're actually on the list until the list comes out. So I was excited.
2: So, but they hit you up and say, oh, you are in the running or you're a finalist. How does that work? Oh, it's like you're a finalist. They said I was a
0: finalist. Okay. And I'm like, oh, they can't pick me like, um I didn't know that they were doing 200 people this year. They did five categories of 40, um, which made more sense to me. Cause like, I, I didn't know until they released the list, but up until the day they released it, they were like 40 under 40. I'm like, so there's 40 people on planet earth
2: and y'all. <laughs> there's just, there's your scientific mind again. Like, let me do the math on this.
0: <laughs> but still all in all, like it, it was nice to be recognized because When I started this work, especially when I put big old geeks out, like, I truly did not know if I messed up, like, my entire reputation because of the radical way in which I was portraying um, women scientists. And, like, it was radical because I was really coming, like, breaking all of the barriers and the boxes and um, doing so in a way that was super unapologetic and, like, Um, risky, really, especially for me as a Black woman, and just knowing how how hard we have to tiptoe and walk on eggshells to be taken seriously, and um, to be seen as credible, you know, I just kind of just dove right into what I believe was being true to myself, and didn't really want to take the time to worry about how I would be treated, because at the end of the day, I was being true to myself, and that was Mm -hmm. the most important, so to see that being celebrated by Fortune Magazine um, was incredible. And it really signaled to me that, you know, all this time, you know, black women didn't necessarily have to like, we didn't have to do as much as we thought we had to do, you know, and like, I, I'm really glad to see more black women coming out of, of these boxes and keeping it real and being true themselves. Cause I think that's going to make us a healthier people, you know, in the long run and happier
2: people really. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm also curious, I've been meaning to ask you this question. Were there older black folks who were like, okay, settle down, cut, settle down. Like, that's actually, not- No, my grandma was bopping to this. Thing. Good. Like,
0: you know, her friends were bopping to it. They were sending it. I was really surprised because like, you know, I'm an AKA actually and like, you know how we are. So, um, but everybody was very supportive and that's that's when I knew like, women just needed to see other women making their own narratives. And like doing that is inspirational and everybody's narrative doesn't look like mine, but seeing an example of what it means to do that mm-hmm. was inspirational for people, regardless of age and, and
2: um, career field, etc. cetera. No, oh, that's awesome. But now like it's really blown up. I don't know if a fortune did it for you, but the blue check mark did. Also, as someone who also has a blue check mark, isn't it hilarious on this side, what people think that you have the ability to do when you get one of those? It's like, this thing is not paying my bills. Yeah, I don't- I know. <laughs> it's
0: it's funny, like I, you know, I've kind of, I feel like I manifested the blue check because like at the beginning of this year, I was like, I want to get a blue check, you know? And it was just kind of a thing, like another
2: milestone, right? Like, yeah, but- um, The authenticity that came with yours is the fact that this is the original. There might be somebody else out here that's gonna try and call themselves Raven or Raven the science maven, but they're lying. This is the original. And that's what is, that's what I liked about mine. It's like, I am the, there might be a bunch of y'all calling yourselves this, but I am the one. That is what, that is the only thing that made me feel good about it. It's
0: important to me to have a black voice, an authority in science identified by Twitter, who is black and, um, who can act as a trusted figure in science and bridge the gap between, you know, black community and the science community and act as like a liaison. I think it's important that Twitter gives people that type of visual trustworthiness badge so that people can find their role model and their information source, especially now during a pandemic, like, come on. Where the black community is being hit hard. Like, we we need, we need
2: this. So I was happy about it. As you should be. Um, last question. If you had to have the ability to go back in time and talk to Raven, that was going to science camp. What advice would you give her?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I really, I don't really have much to say because everything went fine. Um, maybe just say you're doing a great job. Like, um,
2: or maybe you're not alone. You're not going to be by yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what I, (laughs) say to be honest I don't um I was a very oblivious child I and that's that's a part of the reason for my success was that I never really cared what was going on around me not in a emotionless way but Mm -hmm. like I didn't allow outside factors to impact my interests and my academic like journey you know what I'm saying so anything that I would have told Raven back in the day would have just went like way over my head. That's why it's hard for me to imagine. I'm like, would I even listen? Like, <laughs> would I even like be paying attention?
2: Probably what, not, and yeah. And, and so is, is that what you would tell like somebody else that you meet now that is that age that's interested in science? Would you, would you give them the same advice, like trust yourself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely the advice I would give is like follow your intuition and um, keep, you know, the path may not always seem straight, but that's okay. Cause paths don't have to be straight. You can go up, down and around, left, right, back, front, but you're still moving. Like just keep moving, keep understanding yourself, learning, growing, and it'll be fine. Awesome.
2: Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. It's so good to talk to you again. Isn't Raven amazing? I love all the things that she's working on, and I love the fact that she's got this dedication to making sure that Black women stay in the sciences and stay recognized. I'm putting all of Raven's information in the show notes. You can keep up with her and make sure you don't miss anything, but please uh, leave a comment for me over on Apple iTunes and please subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Don't forget to comment over on iTunes, subscribe and do me a favor take a screenshot of this episode and on Instagram stories, shout me out, tag me, tell everybody that you listen to the show and that you like it and get your friends to subscribe too. I really appreciate it. And I will see you next time.